like there's this there's this temptation to like pull your money right out of your hands so that you don't lose money for our our collective good hey it's walter here and you're at the think profit podcast where we're going to help you develop a rock solid trading confidence and avoid the potentially endless cycle of system switching right hugh that's right we're going to help you develop a wealth mindset develop a trading strategy that fits your core personality and help you overcome the obstacles that stop over 90% of traders. All right, Hugh, sounds good. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, Hugh, so um, question. I was thinking about this uh, the other day, and I don't know if you've had much experience. I think you have actually a little bit along these lines of uh, trading with other people. So my question is, when you're trading with other people, what are some of the things you have to think about in terms of, I mean, this is a psychology podcast, right? So there are some issues I think that will creep up that we may not necessarily anticipate. So for example, I'll give you, I'll give you some things that I've, I've noticed. So for example, when you are uh, trading with somebody else, there are a lot of ways to do it. You, it could be where everyone's sort of trading the same strategy, right? Which means, uh, or strange, same strategies, uh, several strategies. So what that means is, of course, does everyone agree that this is a good strategy to trade, right? So the match between trader, right? And then there also could be situations. I mean, there are lots of situations. So in that case, you might have a system where it's like one person lives in one time zone and they're trading it during a certain session and then you trade it during another or, you know, or whatever. Or, or, or maybe you take certain markets and they trade other markets, you know, but you're basically doing the same thing. Um, there could be a situation where one person's kind of like the money person. And the other person is like the trader, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe the money person knows a little bit about trading, which is why they found you or they knew about you in the first place. So that, you know, there's the whole dynamic dynamics there about like a person who knows about trading, who's now giving you the green light to trade their money. What's the relationship there? Are they able to tell you, hey, why aren't you trading the euro right now? It's on a run, you know, or things <laughs> like that. And then also there's a situation where it's like people are doing different things. Like um, I'll give you an example. So I traded a strategy where you were, we were basically gaming the system and you were essentially trying to make swap. Okay. So the swap that you get paid and, and that's it. Right. And it was going really, really well. Like we were on the best months you could get like 7% a month, which is pretty good for just essentially getting paid to wire money back and forth. Cause, we, <laughs> cause what you're doing is you're wiring, you keep wiring money to try and keep the trade open. Right. So that's the game. And you don't want to get too greedy uh, because if you get too greedy, you get popped out of the trade. But if you're not greedy enough, then you're not going to make, you know, you know, five to 7% a, a month. So in this situation, we were both meant to, to babysit these open positions, right? On the accounts and collect the interest. Well, you know, I had a trading partner who decided that he was going to take directional trades in our, in our swap trading account. So you can imagine, right, the disasters. Anyway, the point is there are these issues when you're, when you're working or trading with other people where some people might have certain goals or certain perspectives versus yours. And how do you match those up when you're working with other traders? I think this is something really important because I think sometimes people forget that just because you like somebody, you know somebody and respect their trading doesn't mean you should be trading with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, there there's a lot to unpack, right? So um, yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I've, I've had a lot of experience in this sort of thing and you know, I've seen a lot of different things, but I'd be interested to get yours because... Um, you know, they're, they're all, it's a minefield. It really is. It's like having a business partner, you know, in a way. It really is. Because if trading is your business and you're doing that trading with somebody else, 
It's like having a business partner, whether it's formalized or not. So yeah, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one, right? I think, like you said, there's a lot of different ways you can slice it. You can be trading with somebody, you can have a money guy, you could be trading in a like a mastermind group, you could have a trading accountability partner. And I think the bottom line is that you should look for a personality match. Is it someone who you get along with, number one, and but also you can be respectful to each other. Uh, you'll be both supportive to each other and you'll be able to set and manage some uh, boundaries from the beginning. I think that's really important. So like setting up, okay, hey, this is the account. Uh, this is not our directional account. We're doing swap in this account. So you got to respect that. And if they're cool with that, then great. But whatever they do after that, obviously is out of your control. But I think that's the number one thing to look for, right? Is a personality match and a respect match. Is that person not only respect, but also accountability. Is that person going to do what they said they're going to do? And if they don't, and you know, if they've proven that they don't do that one, two, three times, then, you know, you find somebody else, I think. But uh, I think that's the bottom line in any relationship. And a lot of those training groups or whatever, they can be more, a lot more trouble than they're worth, in my opinion, mastermind groups and stuff like that, because everybody either has an opinion against yours and they try to beat you down about it, or if they're respectful, they might not be supportive or they might be flaky. So I think it's actually pretty hard to find a group that's worth joining and trading with, uh, at least in my experience. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree. I think that's why like when you look at like the prop firms, that's why they have all these hurdles to let people in. They don't just let anybody in, right? Yeah. They'll usually make you qualify or pay money and learn how to trade through their strategies or their you know approach and then qualify like any any group worth joining is always difficult to get through if you think of any like university or or um, you know company that you wanted to work for whatever it's the same thing with trading i think so yeah i think the the key is to have those like writing a system when you write your system you have your rules from trade management for risk for entries for exits and it's the same thing with that. So like in my experience, one of the things we had to do is we had to like just like break off money and give it to the trader to trade aggressively instead of allowing that, you know, the trader to use the swap account. And also, let's say that you and I are trading together and I trading a trend trading strategy. So I follow the trend. If the, the market's trending, I'm doing well. If the market's not trending, I'm losing money. OK, or best case, you know, breaking even, but probably losing money. And then you, let's say you are trading a reversion to the mean strategy. So when the market's trending, you're losing money. And when the market's just chopping around, you're, you're loving it. Okay. So what can happen is let's say we have six weeks of really strong trends. So I'm killing it. And then I say, Hey man, like, how are you going? And you're like, uh, not, you know, not so hot. And so like, there's this, there's this temptation to like pull your money right out of, your hand so that you don't lose money for our, our collective good. Mm -hmm. Right. But of course what's going to happen next week is that the trends are over and then you're going to kill it. You know what I mean? So like, there's, there's this like competitive sort of, you know, it's almost like when people are looking to invest in mutual funds, they'll look and see which ones are at the top and they'll invest in those. Well, what are those are due for a, a retracement, right? They're going to fall back into the middle of the pack. Mm -hmm. What you should really be doing is looking for those funds at the bottom and then sinking your money in there and hoping that they, you know, that the markets change and they turn it around. Right. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's not human nature. So yeah, it's in some ways you even have to have rules for like, how are we going to pull the, 
rug out from somebody. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's easy for people to get thinking, oh, well, I'm the good trader here. You know, Hugh's not even pulling his weight. Look what I've done since the beginning of the year. I've been killing it. And Hugh's been just losing money. Like, we need to get more money to me, you know, or like I should get paid more because I'm making money and he's not, you know, it'd be like this whole thing. There's actually the best example of this that I've seen in terms of like, like leveraging this experience that you have when you're working with other traders is where they, they had teams and they taught. So they had like a leader and the leader would teach each team their strategy and the teams would compete. And so each week, each day, each month, they would see which like how the teams, how well they were doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so the fund would allocate funds to each of these teams. There's like seven teams and they would each get um, funds based on, you know, how how their performance was. And the traders in the teams as well, they would be responsible for bigger accounts as they, you know, did well and followed the strategies and all that. So that was kind of cool because it was almost like a sports thing, you know what I mean? Where you're like competing against other. And so it wasn't really, and everything was like, everybody knew what the rules were, like how, how you would get more money to trade, how your team would get more money to trade, you know, it's totally lined up. And, and of course the coaches were incentivized. Like Mm -hmm. they would get a chunk of the team's revenue of the team's profits as well. So it was a really cool strategy. And so, you know, it was different to if it would be like a two person or a three person trading team, because it was, it was more well-defined and they had, they even had like their team name and stuff like mascot and stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah, jerseys so, and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So anyway, I just think like that's a way to kind of leverage that competitive sort of you're winning. I'm, you know, you're, you're losing, I'm winning sort of, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Like if people are looking to do that, that model needs a lot of structure and everything, but yeah. So I just, I just thought that that was a really cool way of dealing with it. Cause when that, when it's a small group dynamic, it's a little bit different, you know, when it's like, no, no, it's your fault. No, man, it's my fault. You know, it's like, you know, that kind yeah. of finger pointing and stuff. Yeah. So, but, but, oh, one thing I wanted to mention though, that I forgot. So there's a way I think to get that criticism, but without the, the pain of the, of the money involved, which is basically having a trading accountability partner. We've talked about this before, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the really cool ways of trading with somebody is to not trade together in the same account or the same pooled money, but actually just talk about how your trading went each week. So like on the weekend, you meet up with your trading accountability partner and talk about what you did well, what you did and let them go through it. So that's like a really good way of getting the critique aspect of, of a trading team, but without the friction of the money. And you know what I mean? You just have to be open and honest each week and share with what's going on. So I think that's a really good way for traders to, um, you know, to leverage that dynamic in a positive way is to have someone that sort of critiques you and you do the same. And it's not, you're not critiquing them as a person. You're just, you know, how well are you following, right? Your yeah. rules. So it's, 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 it's your behaviors. It's not you, the, the personality of you. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really the best solution to like a trading group or any kind of support, because ultimately, even if you start with the same system, you're going to branch off and trade your own version of it. Worst case scenario, like when I hear you talking all, I, all that's going on in my mind is ego, ego, ego. You know, that's what gets in the way, right? Everybody's ego. They want to be the top dog. They want to be the highest performer. Uh, so if you can work with somebody who can put their ego to the side and just help you out and just support you and you can do vice versa, I think that's the best solution. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks, Walter. All information in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not trading or investment advice.